On today's Locked On Royals Padres crossover, we're talking about the trade deadline, which is around the corner a little bit, depending on your perspective of time. But who upon our teams would we look to sell? And who would we keep our eye on in the buy department for our teams? All coming up on today's Locked On Royals Padres crossover. You are Locked On Royals. Your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Padres crossover podcast. I'm your host from Locked On Royals, Ryland Styles. That's Javier Reyes at Jalapeno over there, host of Locked On Padres. We're doing our weekly crossover podcast where we get a little bit more granular on the landscape of Major League Baseball. Javi, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm going through the motions. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm doing pretty good overall. Um, part of that has nothing to do with baseball. Actually, basically all of it has nothing to do with baseball, based on the fact that people who are watching the video see that I am still wearing my hat. Don't worry, it's still it's still tough out here. Uh, hopefully, they won that first game against the Nationals, though. Shout out, you uh, Darvish. Um, but yeah, not not the greatest of times. But I must tell you some other good life developments and some of those life developments. Oh, I love it when Boston teams get flamed on the internet. Don't you love it, Riley? Come on. Just admit it. You love it. I know this is basketball, but just Boston. Isn't it great when you see them suffer? Oh, oh it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, they, they do lose their mind. So it is a lot of fun to kind of watch the uh, watch the madness unfold. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great stuff. Uh, and I'm hoping that while the Red Sox look good now, uh, and they just did beat my team, which is obviously as, you know, as I've said before, not exactly the greatest accomplishment. Hopefully they go back downwards as well. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, kind of just where our teams go from here because both of our teams are in not the greatest shape. And I'm very curious to see what you're going to say about yours especially. And I know our, my listeners are going to be curious to say, how, how do we fix the Padres? Because everyone's always in the my messages lately. This is the new thing is DFA all these players. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of – trade this guy. All right, but, but but who are you going to acquire? And I think that's the big question. Even if we are just a little bit, a little bit early on trade deadline talk, I like to to bite into the pie before everyone has a chance to even get a seat at the table. If you know what I mean, I do know what you mean, Javi, and and that's exactly what we're doing here. I think that our teams are in a, in a spot where we have figured out what they need, what they lack, what they are looking for, what they are trying to do at the deadline to where our teams are in a position where it's more comfortable talking about the trade deadline than say other teams are. Uh, and especially, you know, obviously the, 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 the disclaimer as always that that injuries can change all of this and can change what, what teams are looking for, or what teams are, are looking at, at the deadline. Javi, I'll just start with uh, what's going on in Kansas city. Got swept by the white Sox over the weekend, which is never good as you give me, um, a lot of crap about the White Sox throughout the season of how bad they've been. So um, the good news is, though, that they did DFA Hunter Dozier, which was, I heard. Uh, was a great move. Uh, th- this was 
the equivalent of of you celebrating as Hosmer got DFA'd for the Padres, um, which we'll talk about a reunion with him later on. But um, I, I think it's great. And I think that it just is another way where the Royals are leaning into playing better, younger players who have some semblance of a shot to be in the Kansas City when this rebuild is over because Hunter Dozier had none. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, you know, they, they still have Jackie Bradley Jr. And, and this makes me feel confident that they will attempt to find a new home for him either via DFA or a trade um, once Drew Waters is healthy and is back off the IL because I think that they truly are going to lean into playing these youngsters as they should. Like that's, you know, I, I'm going to give them credit for it, but obviously it's not like groundbreaking stuff. It's kind of like doing what you're supposed to do, but still uh, it's better than doing what you're not supposed to do. So I got to give them a little bit of credit uh, there for mm-hmm. DFAing uh, Hunter Dozier and for getting this roster at a more um, entertaining level. Look, I mean, yesterday lost to the Tigers in game one uh, and, and it sucked to lose to the Tigers, obviously at home. And, and you're trying to get back on track or, you know, and, and when we say get back on track, trying to get more respectable in, in the win-loss column. Uh, but mm. that lineup, you know, had like six, seven names in it that you were really intrigued upon what they brought to the table both now and in the future. So, like, that makes it worth watching as this team continues to, to rack up L's, you know, even so putting themselves out of contention. It's still worth watching because these young players are, are at least having a fighter chance to be on this team the next time that they get to the postseason if they're able to figure out – how to rebuild the team. So things are um, a mixed bag in Kansas city, like, because it's, it's just, it's been the same thing all year where like you can have a, a night where Zach Greinke over the weekend goes and gives up two, uh, uh, two runs over six innings. And then Jackson Coar, one of your young pitchers uh, shoves a little bit and gets two, it uh, gets two innings of um, no run baseball, but you lose two to nothing. Uh, that sucks that you lost two to nothing, but there were still some bright spots upon it. It just seems like they cannot click at the exact same time, the pitchers and the hitters. And uh, that's what bad teams do, so it makes sense. Uh, but, Javi, talking about the trade deadline, mm. I think that it's clear that the Royals are obvious sellers. Yeah. And I think that the biggest name to move up, like to move on from, is Aronis Chapman. Mm-hmm. That's right. Do, do, you, do you buy into Aronis Chapman? Do you buy into this idea that, like, oh, the Yankees are stupid? They couldn't, they couldn't teach talent they couldn't help talent grow and 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 now look at them thriving in kansas city is this like a hot streak do you think that, that it was something that the yankees did wrong as someone who who has seen a ton of the yankees has seen a ton of chapman do you think that there's something that is innately fixed with chapman or just a really hot streak right now and he's back on track i feel i think that he's just had a little bit of a hot streak um it's still early it's so weird because relievers especially atop of just being with the most volatile position in the game like can go so month to month like this guy could get lit up for the royals tonight and then all of a sudden not do great the next night and then we're like oh i don't know though is he actually someone that should be traded for i think the yankees just really needed to move on from that point i think they already had like really great bullpen arms don't get me wrong they've had their fair share of pitchers who have struggled once going there and then once they left they did better etc so there is a conversation to be had there but i think for the most part chapman is just gonna be I mean, this happens every year. A, a reliever who's having a pretty good season and t- and it, almost like a momentum thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't trade for them, but it's almost like, yeah, he might stink next year, right? But if you're just looking at who's performing now, uh, relievers, I feel like you have to be very much, just look at the right now. Uh, like, who's performing right now? Because Ryan Helsley of the St. Louis Cardinals, and I haven't checked his numbers in a while, that guy was like an all-star level closer last year. Um, I think the best one, aside from Edwin Diaz, and, you know, 
I'm not trying to bring up the Edwin Diaz thing, but if I'm, I'm pretty sure I have to check it right now, but Ryan Helsley has been like extremely not good from what I've seen. Let me see here. Yeah. 3.15 ERA. It's not terrible, but last year he literally finished the season with, let's see here, a 1.25. So like, these things can go up and down. So some people might look at the idea of Chapman doing well and scoff at it and say, it's just a, a hot streak for now. Well, hot streak for now is something when it comes to relievers. So I, I wouldn't begrudge teams saying uh, let's go get this guy. He's been great for a long time. Name value does matter. Uh, so yeah, maybe the Royals can at least get a something, you know, not necessarily a huge deal. Uh, I think that there might be some Royals fans out there who have been wondering why they did trade Salvador Perez. Maybe when they had the chance with Merrifield probably being the better example. Cause that guy, I think we can agree on that. I remember when his market was heating up in 2020, you could have gotten something for him, but nowadays he's not even on the Royals. Uh, so that they, they were a little bit late on that. So I imagine Royals fans might be a little bit annoyed, a little perturbed by that, but I don't know, man, I think it should be interesting uh, either way. And I think for baseball, yeah, he throws hard. This is he's kind of one of those big name closers. And it was very smart, I will say, for the Royals to just take a flyer on the guy, you know, because if he did do well, you know, you're going to be able to get something in return. Yeah. So uh, obviously, do not want to trade Soto Press and never did because you, you need somebody like like. Yeah, 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 I get I it. I get it. You know, technically speaking, it's just running it through a spreadsheet like, oh, you could have gotten so much for Shavuot Press, but you need somebody like have someone go to the ballpark for and like that they recognize and that they can kind of remember. And, and it cannot be discounted that Salvador Press never wanted to leave Kansas City and hopefully never will want to leave Kansas City. And you would then have on your roster a a true Royals lifer who who was here the entire length of his career, and that and and, and that is very rare in franchises today in any sport. Uh, and, and so to get the opportunity to have that is worth more than some prospects who probably are going to fail. Let's just be honest. But as you mentioned, the the egregious one was Whit Merrifield. Holding on to Whit Merrifield year after year after year and acting as though you could, you could contend during his contract was just idiotic. To then eventually trade him during the worst year of his career in every statistical category, both offense and defense. He had the worst year of his career last year in every way, shape, or form. Plus, was not vaccinated at the time of being traded. And so that just hindered all of his trade value because he just wasn't good and just isn't good. He he, he, he uh, fell off a cliff. And so you lost out on getting something for him. Uh, I think that for Chapman specifically, I think that the Royals will have no problem parting with him, and they shouldn't. I think the teams will have no problem trading for him. Because I think that he'll continue this hot streak, and, and and the Royals have done a good job of putting him in position where he can succeed and put him in advantageous situations. I think that he's shown an ability to shut the door and like just come in and be nails. I think he's also shown an ability to kind of work in and out of trouble a little bit, which is uh, encouraging that he can still get in and out of trouble, uh, mainly the out part. And so when you go to the deadline, to me, what's changed with Chapman with his hot streak isn't like that he's going to get traded. I think that he was always going to get traded. What's changed is like you went from getting maybe a maybe a d plus c tier of prospect to maybe a c plus a b minus tier of prospect which is great um if you can improve upon that just for signing a guy to a major league contract who, yeah, who yeah. has been around the block a few times like that's why you sign veterans on teams like this and so uh that's awesome and i think that teams the reason why he, they're going to be interested in him in my opinion is not only is he pl- pitching well this season and he's on a he's on a situation you know he's in a spot in his career where you don't care what happens next year. It doesn't matter if he falls off a cliff again next year or not. Uh, but also, uh, if he is still riding a high at that deadline at the time of the trade, which is why I think that the, that the Royals should act upon this pretty pretty swiftly here. Uh, if he is still on that hot streak, you've got a guy to add to your bullpen 
who not only is pitching very well right now, but has been in the big moments, has been on the big stage and understands um, what it's like to both succeed and fail in those moments. And so uh, he can he can help your bullpen. He can help uh, give your manager an outlet to somebody who isn't going to be scared on that stage, which is very important, uh, especially if you're running a young ball club that's kind of having some success right now, uh, maybe out of the blue or, or maybe over your head a little bit. So uh, I, I think that's great. I think that's uh, that's going to be awesome to see where uh, the Royals can can improve their team just by signing a major league talent. Uh, obviously, we're only talking about Chapman on the field. So uh, on the field, it was a it was a smart baseball move. Absolutely, man. I agree. Another name that the Royals might consider parting with is Scott Barlow. And he's kind of uh, in the realm of what you're discussing also, where like this isn't his best season, but mm-hmm. he has shown flashes in the past of being able to be um, an incredible, an incredible, um, you know, reliever and an incredible arm out of your bullpen to save games and to close out games. So like this season for him, um, this season for him, sorry, the, 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 the stuff is all wacky. He has a 4.26 ERA, which is um, his, his highest of his career. But last year he was at a 2.18. The year before that he was at a 2.42. The year before that uh, he was back in the fours. But like he, he, sh- he went back to back years where he showed really good stuff um, out of the bullpen and uh, as a guy who got 24 saves last year on a really bad team. So I, I think that Scott Barlow, when you get him is kind of twofold. He's shown an ability to be a guy that saves games. He also, of course, would not demand that role. It's where you have a flexibility of putting him in a setup role or uh, you know, kind of like a fireman role as well. So I think that Scott Barlow could be interesting. Now, here's the thing. Do you want to sell him on this season where he's having like a four ERA or bring him back um, and, and hope that he catch, catches fire in a battle next, next season as you know he's capable of? Um, or maybe his numbers look better by the de- by the deadline once once he gets more innings and opportunity because uh, he has started to look started to look better with the stuff recently. Uh, so I think that Barlow is another name to watch for Kansas City. Yeah, I agree. And, and those are guys that maybe in a, in some way maybe the Padres might be interested in. It depends. It depends how some of the guys in their pen go. Uh, but for the most part, pitching might not be exactly the world in the realm that my team is aiming for but it should still be interesting for years and see who they get in return yeah it's a question of sell low or sell high do you wait another year whatever but um don't don't sleep on relievers that's always the easiest way to just kind of get some some extra ammo uh at the trade deadline especially if you're as non-competitive uh for like a wild card spot as the world seems to be javi who are some names on your roster that the the padres might be shopping well round I think before, before you that, say that, Javi, I think that we should. <laughs> I think that we should head on over to our good friends over at So Rare because So Rare is awesome. It's our new sponsor. It's revolutionary in the fantasy baseball game marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital trading cards featuring players from across all thirty MLB teams. So you check it out today by going to So Rare and using and playing in the game of the week. The game of the week is a twice weekly. Uh, three to four day cycle of game uh, th- at the end of the game's week. So will put their managers into a leaderboard. And if you rank near or at the top of the leaderboard, you can win a variety of rewards, including so where uh, security cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Price picks also depends uh, uh, and, and is incredible at uh, 
putting you in these competitions to, to have varying prizes based upon uh, those competitions. Head on over to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's SoRare, S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your uh, team of free player cards to set up your lineup and start competing today with Epic Rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. SoRare.com slash LockedOn. Avi, we're back on this episode brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is awesome. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LockedOnMB for $20 off your first purchase. Javi, what would the Padres be looking to sell? Well, first of all, I don't think that they can sell. Uh, despite being in a very unique position, which is that your team has looked pretty horrid, uh, a lot of your your older players uh, not older as in like old, old, but you're, you're the top people of your team have been underperforming for the most part, but they're all signed for like 80 bajillion dollar deals. Right. So like in a world where the Padres maybe didn't extend Manny Machado, maybe that would be a guy they'd be like, Hey, let's try and get a little bit of ammo. We recoup next year, even though I don't think that they would do that anyway. Um, or say Blake Snell, who is a guy who's going to be free agent after the season. Um, maybe you look to trade him, but this team is in buy mode. They've been in buy mode for three years now, right? Like this is just what they're going to do. Uh, they did it last year, obviously big time with Soto did it the years before, even with players that probably didn't make sense for them to trade for in Adam Frazier and years before that, when they traded for Trevor Rosenthal, remember him? Remember your boy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Tim you remember Hill? him? You remember him? Good, good old. Yeah, of course. Good old, good old Trevor. He was a guy that the Padres traded for. So, you know, these, again, these things can matter. Um, I think that the Padres, there's, there's, there's a lot of leading candidates. Um, I don't think pitching is their area, especially right now. Like they're top, they're like top 10 in ERA, they're top 10 or top five in batting average against and whip. Um, even if I don't know if that'll get better, I think that your Lugos and your Michael Wakas might decline a little bit, but even if they do, you're expecting Darvish and hopefully Snell and definitely Musgrove to kind of pick it up. So I don't think pitching is necessarily where they will go first. But given the candidates out there, I could see the Padres making a move. I think a player like Lucas Giolito um, or in that tier, I'm not saying I like him. I have no opinion on him yet. I haven't crunched the data, but a guy that's probably not going to cost much and probably is going to be moved is who I think the Padres might go for. While an Alex Cobb is a pitcher that everybody's kind of familiar with right now. And he's probably going to be one of the top arms at the trade deadline, at least in my opinion, in my prediction. So I don't know if the Padres will be going that, especially within division with the Giants and all that, right? So I don't think that'll happen. But lower to your starting pitcher, maybe they want to boost the back of the rotation. Maybe uh, Seth Lugo, his innings limit comes in, and maybe that becomes an issue, and that they don't want to start Nick Martinez. Maybe Ryan Weathers starts getting lit up. So I could see something like that being a move for them. But you know, some other popular names, a lot of them from the White Sox, by the way. The White Sox are going to be probably the – the team that everyone predicts, oh, they're going to have a fire sale. That usually literally never happens, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed this. Every time we predict a team to have a fire sale, they never do. And I think that's partially because it, we just don't know the inner workings behind how complicated trades are. And I think another part of that is uh, teams behind the scenes. You just mentioned you got to have someone to come to the ballpark. I think sometimes teams are like, all right, we'll keep, we'll trade everybody except one dude because we need to at least have a reason for people will come back, I guess, maybe. Um, but, you know, it, for the most part, it doesn't always happen. Happened with the Cubs uh, two years ago, for sure. They really did have an actual fire sale. They didn't trade Contreras for some reason. But, you know, they had a fire sale with Baez and Bryant and Rizzo and all those guys, right? So it's totally possible that the White Sox really do blow it up. 
I think basically a lot of players on the team will be available though. Um, Tim Anderson's the biggest name. Padres fans out there who are jerks are going to say trade Hassan Kim and some whatever prospect for him because Padres fans seem to hate Hassan Kim for some reason. I do not understand why. It has never made sense to me. He's actually been one of the best batters on the team this month so far, and he's one of the team's best defenders. That's all I'm asking for. Just be average at the plate and great defender. Tim Anderson, uh, while swag-tastic, and I could see him being that spark plug type of player to add to a team, like a team that just hasn't had everything going for them. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know a, a trade destination for him right now, but that type of player, but not necessarily as good of a defensive player as Hassan Kim. So I don't know if that's the direction that they would go in. It would be intriguing though, because that would really bring the, the star studded Padres to another level of star studded. Right. But I think the top name people will bring up for me is another white sock shocker. Uh, Yasmina Grandal. Um, who is having a huge bounce-back season. He's been good for a long time. He is a former Padre. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I would love that. I would love that. He's going to probably cost a decent penny, but he is 34, right? And at 34, it's kind of not necessarily as easy to uh, get teams to agree to trade for all the stuff. And considering he wasn't very good last year, uh, I could see that the um, teams might be a little bit tepid in there, but... The Padres, with their current catching situation, the Campizano Hive, uh, we battled. We've bat- we battled strong, but he's still on the IL. It's one of those, like, you know the phantom ILs that happen where someone goes on there, and you're like, yeah, it's a 10-day IL. He just sprained his hand or whatever. And all of a sudden, it's like a month later, and we're like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> where is this guy? I don't understand why he's not back yet. So the Padres are cr- clearly in trouble. If I have to keep watching Austin Nola, uh, it's going to drive me insane. So Grandal is probably the number one overall target. Uh, Just for people who are curious, this year he's basically been all the way back. He's always been a catcher that shows a lot of plate discipline, which is great. Padres certainly need some walks. Uh, Currently slashing 278 with a 347 on base and a 414 slugging. He's back after being pretty horrendous last year, probably due to injury. So Grandal is someone to look out for. And um, if you want to be funny, you could bring back Will Myers. (laughs) <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, and then there's some other guys out there, like your Jack Peterson, who's on the trade deadline market literally every year, right? Dylan Cease, if the White Sox really do blow it up, will be another guy that people look into. But I think that's a little bit outside the, the Padres' price range, especially for something they don't necessarily need. But that would probably be the number one, uh, as of right now, who I predict will be the number one target for the Padres. There's some other people out there, Ahmed Rosario, if you want to get really deep with it maybe some teams trade for him i don't think the padres will maybe jorge soler if they're feeling really desperate and they need power in the outfield uh guys of that tier uh but for the most part that's what i see man uh and then the last names worth pointing out forgot to say these guys just as general names uh corbin burns of the milwaukee brewers and willie adamas for a matter of fact just because they're the brewers and even if they're leading their division they might still trade their guy uh, Corbin Burns, who has actually looked like an average Joe this year, but bottom line is a Cy Young winner, so I'd keep an eye out for him. And I've been talking way too much, Rylan. So let me just conclude again. I think that Rasmani Grandal at this point is probably the Padres' top target because the easiest position to replace. Because I don't think anyone disagrees that Austin Nola is pretty bad. The Austin Nola slander is real on this yep. podcast. I called uh, him a nepo baby on Twitter once. That's how mean I was. Whoa, that, that was mean. I. It was mean, but it was meant as a joke. I just want to be clear. But uh, yeah, I called it that once. 
That's that's not, that's not kind of kind of you at all. Uh, but it's not. I, I do I do really like Lucas Giuliani's stuff. Mm. I do I really like Lucas. You're a believer still. He believes. And I believe in him. I do. Now maybe it's because whenever I watch him, he's carving up the Royals lineup. And like if you put him in yeah. the you know, if you put him in the NL West, maybe he wouldn't be worth a crap. But um, um, hey, buddy, I got a question for you. Oh yeah. It's a big one. Oh, I love big ones. That sounded crazy. <laughs> hey yo, what <laughs> what is the what is the likelihood one to ten that Shohei Otani's traded? Zero. That well, hold on. Trade deadline is when I, I should probably like look that up. What the trade deadline is? MLB trade deadline. <laughs> You talk while I look this up, please. Uh, August 1st. So we got some time. So I'm going to take that back and I'm going to go three or four because I don't know what the Angels will look like by then. But even still, I still think because this is not a well-run team that they will just be looking at the blockbuster power of having him on the team and they'll be they'll trick themselves into thinking they can re-sign him. Um, so I'll, I'll go three or four. I forgot. We still got some time. But if the if the Angels are literally at all competitive and are in wild card range, then he's not getting traded. Although, man, man, that would be. Fun. Is there any more of a wild trade deadline piece we've literally ever had? Probably not. That would be absolutely nuts. Yeah, that would be the best trade deadline target trade ever. That, that, that would be massive. Be That'd be and, pretty rad. Even if it is for half a season, I know Soto's the biggest trade ever, especially considering you get him for multiple years. Mm-hmm. But man, like the, the Otani thing, it's like it satisfies both needs. You get yourself the pitcher and the batter. So that would be it would be such a fascinating like idea, I think, seeing him move uh, at the trade deadline. So that's why I think that's why you asked me. Admit it. You asked me because you're like, oh, I kind of yeah. want it to happen. I, I, I just want I, some I, excitement. I I want it to happen because I just I think that, that would break baseball. Like I I I I don't know what you would give up. Like Here, I don't right. know what anyone could give up that that, pe- that we'd walk away and say, well, the Angels got a lot in return for Shohei, who they probably weren't going to resign anyway, and the X team got Shohei. I think that it has to be one or the other in this kind of trade because he's just too good. Like you're only going to get half a year from him. Mm-hmm. And you might not feel confident that you can truly re-sign him, or at least not so confident you want to give away literally everything you own, which is what it's going to take to get Shohei. To where I think that unless he goes to a market where we say, okay, they for sure are going to re-sign him, they're either going to look like they got fleeced for half a year of Shohei, or the Angels are going to have to sell a, a tad low because they're only going to give someone half a year of Shohei, and we're going to say, why would you give up Shohei for that? You might as well just keep him and sell tickets and and and, and you know benefit from having the best player uh you know ever on your team so like i i think that it's it's a difficult one to gauge to where i think that gms are going to be a little too risk averse on this uh but hopefully i'm wrong because i want to see it i want to see i want to see what would happen i want to see the, the 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 downward spiral of of trade deadline content mm-hmm. after uh after it were to happen if it were to yeah. happen so with with that being said we can agree um that in all likelihood, Shohei's not going to get traded at the deadline. Yeah, uh, I, I would put it at most at a three, like you said, uh, but more realistically at a zero. Um, honestly, even though I really, really want it to happen, uh, no offense to Lockdown Angels. I, I hope that the Angels are good, but like I do, just want to see what it looks like for that caliber of player to be traded. Um, and so, with that being said, Javi, mm. who do you think is the biggest name that we see get traded? 
I think I, I just, I smell the Corbin Burns thing, man. I really do. And I know that this is hating on the Brewers, but he's also not having his best season. He's looking a lot more normal. I don't know. I just feel like it, like in fairness, if they did trade him because he's looked a lot more normal and like, it looks like there might actually be some concerns there. It would might be savvy on their part to move on. Um, so I don't know. I think that that's the name though, but I think that Tim Anderson in terms of like the, the blockbuster factor, everybody knows who that is. That might be the actual big one to move. Um, who I think is all but guaranteed to be moved. So that should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Anderson would be interesting uh, for sure because he can just, like you said, he can provide more than just on the field production. He, he's going to, he's going to provide a, a different, you know, energy to your team and to your mm-hmm. fan base and to like what you're trying to do. And I think that that is contagious. I, I think that if you're, if you're winning a ton of ball games and one of your players is out there giving you that energy and intensity night in and night out, it's going to rub off on at least half your ball club. And then you have a whole team of just guys playing at that intense level, which is very, very fun. Javi, coming up, we're going to talk about the power rankings. Who is slipping? Who is rising? What's happening with our Locked On Power Rankings? Plus our three stars and three duds of the week. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at game time, Javi, how are you doing today? And are you interested in hearing about game time? Cause I know you are game time is a ticketing app, which is incredible that you should go download right now uh, to try out and buy tickets there um, because they have all the lowest prices at the last minute tickets guaranteed. You even get a view from your seat. They have everything from football, basketball, baseball. Uh, they have concerts, they have theater, they have comedy tickets, Everything that you want to that that costs a ticket, you can make it to the show with game time and get a view from your seat with also uh, cancellation protections on your ticket, uh, job loss protection on your ticket. They're going to have you covered there. And you can even just go ahead and buy uh, these tickets at the last minute at the lowest prices guaranteed. So you're not stressing. You're just getting hyped for your event. Uh, and, And if you somehow find a better deal, which you won't, but if you somehow do, then you can get a, uh, price match with 110% of the difference credited to you at game time. So check it out today. Uh, game time is, is great. They take care of you. Uh, go to the game time app, create an account uh, by going to gametime.com. Use the code locked in MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create your account, redeem the code locked in MLB and get $20 off of your first um, purchase. Get the game time app today with last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Javi, we're back. Oh, yeah. On this crossover, let's do our power rankings. So Hmm. here's what they looked like last week when they got updated. Rays, Braves, Dodgers, Orioles, Blue Jays, Rangers, Padres, Brewers, Diamondbacks, Red Sox, Pirates, Angels, Twins, Yankees, Astros, Mets, Mariners, Cubs, Phillies, Guardians. And then 20 through 30 is 21 through 30 is Tigers, Marlins, Giants, Cardinals, Reds, Nats, White Sox, Rockies, Royals, A's. Javi, let's just do who who are your three risers this week? So for me, again, I'm going to say the Rangers. I think that they should rise to the top three, uh, all the way from six, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that the Yankees and the Mets are rising for me. I think that those are some pretty hot teams in baseball. What's going on for you? Uh, kind of the same thing here. I remember we talked about it last week, and my thing was Yankees and Mets, I thought, were just we were it was it was too much of an overcorrection 
in my opinion. I thought that, yes, the Yankees and Mets haven't been great, but I do like when doing power rankings to not just completely abandon what we thought before the season, especially in baseball. Um, so I think that the Yankees have shown you they're still going to be steady. Yes, they're not necessarily blowing the the door off the league, but they've had the best record in May, so I think that they deserve to be moved up. And I think we both agree that they should have been moved up before. Um, the Padres... We'll get actually. Well, no, we'll get into them in a second. Rangers, I agree with you. I think that they're better than the O's. Uh, it's just that the Orioles are the most fun, right? They're the most fun team because of how many young players they have. Even the names: Gunnar Henderson and Ryan Mountcastle. I, you know, what I mean, like they have like the name thing going for them too. And everyone loves Adley Rutschman, so because uh, we haven't had a catcher with MVP potential in a long time, so that's really cool. But uh, I'd say that's a riser, and I'd say for me, you know. Uh, I, I think you have to move up um, the Twins just a tad because they do lead that division, right? They still, they still, still, they still do lead. Um, what's it called? The AL Central, even if it is a weak division. Bottom line is they've been beating players, and they just feel a lot more complete as a team than everybody else. I mean, I don't know about you, but have you checked the Cleveland Guardians' offensive numbers? My lordy. 28th in batting average, 28th in on base, 28th in runs, 30th in home runs, and 30th in slugging percentage. Yeah, uh, you remember how I kept defending this team heading into the year? Can't do that for a while. Uh, they look terrible on offense, even worse than than my team. So I'd say that those are the biggest risers um, for me. And then Cardinals, I'd move up by like a spot or two. You know what I mean? Just because in fairness, they do have really good players on the team. I don't want to totally give up on them. But otherwise, yeah, they've been pretty uh, pretty horrid. Pretty horrid indeed. Javi, I do think that the Cardinals, I think that you're right on this. I think that they are heating up. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. I said heating up for Yankees and Mets, who I, I do think are playing hot baseball right now. I wouldn't classify the Cardinals as hot. They're simmering. Mm-hmm. There's something there. The Contreras stuff, you know, is is weird, but now it's kind of yeah, turned. It's weird. it's now kind of turned though, because now he's getting curtain calls and now he's all jacked <laughs> and juiced. So like it's simmering. I could, I'll put it this way. It, it's to the point now where it would not shock me, it would not stun me if the Cardinals just go out here and are incredible. Uh, you know, the last half of the season and gets back into the playoffs. And then goes on a run. It, it wouldn't shock me. It, that that would have shocked me like two weeks ago because they just look so mm-hmm. downtrodden. Mm-hmm. Um. So our our fallers, Javi. I'll let you go first on the fallers since I went first on the risers. Uh yeah. Uh you got to put Padres much lower. Um they got to be behind the Mariners. They got to be like 18th or 19th. They've been pretty horrid uh, in a lot of ways. I think the Guardians need to be moved down another peg because if you're getting outplayed by the Detroit Tigers, that's pretty bad. Um, they did just have getting swept by the Mets, so you got to move them down as well. And then uh, I think we already agreed that everybody at the Locked On Network got way too excited about the Pirates. But even still, I wouldn't move them down a ton because they're still respectable. So if you want to say that they're middle in the pack, I don't hate you for that. You know, that's a, that's a fine opinion to have. Um, and then I would say probably, oh, man, what do we do besides that? Let me see here. I think I already said Guardians. And then I think, what is the Mariners? 17? So probably the biggest ones. And I still stand. And we said this last week. I just didn't get the Toronto top five thing. I was like, that's a good team. Good team. And I think that sometimes, yeah, they're 25 and 23 plus seven run differential, which is one of the lowest of all the the plus teams. 
uh, in run differential in the American League. But part of that also might be because it's a really tough division. But I just did not understand top five over Rangers. Like I was like heated when I saw that. I'm like, what are you guys watching? You know what I mean? Like it's just it didn't make any sense to me. So Blue Jays, Padres, and the Guardians, in my opinion, have to be moved out. All good calls. You know that I'm the biggest Pirates hater on this on this platform. So yes, you are. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Pirates because I think that I think that they should be bumped way down. Uh, so I, I'm going to put them uh, probably in the bottom 20s uh, if I was having to get to do this myself. Uh, because I think that these are power rankings. These aren't these aren't standings. Like we can look at the standings. And on that same token, I would bump down the the D backs again. I think that the this isn't standings. This is power rankings, and they're not they're not a top ten team. Uh, in my opinion. So I would bump those two teams down for my bump downs. My third bump down. Are you ready for this, Javi? Mm-hmm. I would bump down. Since you took away the Guardians from me, I would bump mm-hmm. down the Cubs. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big Cubs guy. My Cubbies. They're my sleeper, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It really doesn't. Javi, this has been great. Uh, we went long and and uh, salvaged it somehow. Uh, hey, we prospered. Well, yeah. it's it's actually it's like forty minutes, so we didn't we didn't quite hit what we're supposed to. So we apologize to our bosses, but this was a lot of fun, nonetheless. Javi, I want to end this with one question for you. This is our last topic. Okay, let me see you. Look at me. Look at me in the face when you ask me this question. Yeah, I want to see you. What is it? Is baseball moving too fast? And let me be clear. I just mean for the fans. I, I'm, I don't. I, I'm not talking about the, the the science behind it, the injuries, or any of that, which we're going to have to talk about coming up later on once the season's over. And we have more data, but for the fans, like the reason I ask you this is because Sunday, all right, it's supposed to be Sunday night baseball. I had some things to do Sunday. I sit down, and maybe or maybe not had a Mickey Ultra. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Nestled in. Sunday night baseball is over at, at seven o'clock. It's over. Is it going too fast? Seven o'clock. There's no Sunday night baseball on. Are you kidding me? Eight first, o'clock. It's over. First of all, this sounds like some, some central time type of issues. So, you know, I do have to say that. Yeah. And yeah. on the West coast, it's over at freaking three o'clock Sunday night. Baseball's over at three hey. o'clock. I'm not thrilled that we always gear everything towards the East Coast. I am a coastal elitist myself, and I admit that sometimes I think that's a little bit unfair to all the other folk living out here in this this beautiful country of ours. I, I, that that part, you will get no disagreement from me there, but that's just the fact of the matter. And for me, no, I don't think it's moving too fast. I think it's great. The end. Put a pin in it enough. Okay. Um, I still need to wait, so think, and I still think, think that it's good. Complaint. We have too many games for people to be worrying about sometimes when it feels like it goes too fast. Okay. Okay. Hey, yeah. that's that's fair. That's fair. I'm, I'm not yeah, I'm not gonna right. okay, whatever. That's right. Uh-huh. So buddy. Yeah. Any final words or thoughts on this week in baseball? Nope. Uh not really. And for those watching the video again, this is the fan base mindset. My friend Jenks here. That is why she is here. Just very depressed about the pods. Um, and I'm hoping that by the time people are watching this, they have won against the nationals and maybe they can keep things going. But uh, not the best state of affairs, and I don't know if it's going to be fixed. I'm not totally certain of that. I really am not. I think that they really might have uh, jumped the gun heavily investing in all these guys. And I said this, I am on record for saying this for a while about Soto. 
about the Manny extension, about the Cronenworth extension, about the Darvish extension. It's a lot of money and a lot of years to just pin in on what you have now. The future is uncertain. Don't listen to people who know what's going to happen a year from now. We don't. Nobody thought that Martin Perez would be good. Nobody thought that the the Orioles' horrible starting pitching, that it wouldn't hurt them too much because their bullpen is literally like 20, what is it, 2015 Royals level right now with guys like Cano and Bautista and all those guys. Like they just shut everybody down. So as long as they go four innings, like that's all that matters. So don't, uh, don't assume everything. Uh, about baseball i think that's the biggest mistake we make thank you javi that was a very passionate plea and until next time see ya